What's up? This is Vegas, Mr. 702, a.k.a. Westside on Minds. And thank you for tuning in to another beautiful production of Under the Armour Podcast. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day, giving me that positive energy, and allowing your ears to be tantalized and entertained by my words. So come with me as we once again go Under the Armour. So, I was just thinking about how we as evolution, we as humans have evolved over and over again due to what we would consider a necessary evolution. Like, so much of nature and natural selection is survival of the fittest. And we live in a society where one of the most important things usually or used to be was only the strongest could survive within the wild. But that is hundreds of years ago. We don't have those same qualms or quarrels. Nowadays, we have better healthcare, food, heating, hygiene, and the number of hazards that we experience in our lives has dramatically reduced. And so I was thinking or pondering how are we still placing pressure on ourselves to evolve and to adapt? And, and one of the things I was thinking about was like just how dangerous or how overwhelming technology has become to the point where you can actually see the split, the 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 split of people who are not technologically sound to the point where people who are technologically gifted, it is now getting to the point where that is one of the things that is required on most applications, on most interviews. They ask you, how do you feel about technology? Because I feel like while we're not being um, predators of animals and different things in the heat and the element, Our adaptation now is on a digital information technological level. Um, You see 30-year-olds and 40-year-olds going back to school not to advance their already to career, but to gain an understanding of technology. So IT, data work, program management, cybersecurity, these are some of the more, um, these are some of the more sought after fields by my peers and the people that I'm around. And I was just thinking like, as we are constantly, constantly adapting to technology, is that changing who we are? Because one of the things that I've noticed about our adaptation to technology is where something usually took five years or even 10 years to become, I guess, standard because of the power of technology and the way that technology shifts us it now takes a year if not six months a a perfect example of this is just you know especially if you're an entrepreneur if you're independent or if you're using um social media as a means for advertising and marketing it changes constantly and there are times where you think you know the algorithm and then the algorithm 
flips or even the company changes the algorithm. So even how we market, how we bring in people into business, how we use technology as a stronghold is so diverse and it's so complicated and it's so different that we are now experiencing um, the need to evolve and to adapt at such a quicker rate. And it was just astonishing. I was just thinking about even in the workforce nowadays where if you're not working, I would consider a general labor job something that you really need to use your back and your arms for. You're probably going to be exposed to technology, whether you're working at Starbucks, whether you're working at some of the other restaurants, especially once you get into the corporate world where you are now you're not even at home anymore. I mean, you're not even in the workplace anymore. You're doing a lot of things via Zoom. Um, There's so many different um, apps and products for, you know, making sure that things are done in a a timely manner, such as, you know, Monday and and different um, work sharing apps like that, where you can actually monitor and share work at a different rate with people who are not even in your sector. Furthermore, on top of that, if you even look and think about how you even get a job back in the day, you used to go to somebody, you used to present yourself, you used to try to show them that you were a good person or that you were good for the job or you were um, you were referred to by something or you went to a hiring agency. But nowadays we now sit online, which I don't even think is a good thing, but we sit online all day all night filling out all these applications, going through all these personality quizzes and, you know, all these different tests and assessments to try to determine if you're actually ideal for the job, which, you know, if you don't know technology or if you haven't mastered technology, how are you going to use, how are you going to play with this or how are you going to use this to your advantage? I just thought that that was very, very interesting. Last and not least, I, I really, really, really I'm just contemplating where is technology going to take us? Is it going to turn us into something or some type of people where we have lost all old traditions, where the way we used to explore life and the way we used to do things is just not going to be, um, it's just not going to be what we do anymore? Is that what we're going to do? Or are we going to kind of take this, um, are we going to try to take this time, especially within these last couple of years, to maybe f- depend less on technology and maybe refer to more of a balance where we're using technology and we're using the technological advances, but we're also Um, maybe rediscovering some of our old traditions and our old habits. And how does that look as far as how we're evolving as a people, not so much to survive, but the quality of life we have. So I was thinking about how we are going to evolve emotionally and how that affects what we do each and every day and how we treat others Did you know that more than a quarter of Americans admit to not having read even a part of a book within the past year? I mean, with all the 
things that have been going on, I think it would be quite understandable while some of our more leisure hobbies may have went to the wayside. But I must say, I must say that statistic really, really made me feel profound simply because of my overall love and desire for books. I think that books are some of the best forms of leisure time and some of the greatest ways to expand one knowledge while also allowing one to kind of being a alternate earth, especially for those that read a lot of sci-fi and fantasy. Um, I have came across another interesting fact that according to Yale researchers who studied 3,635 people older than 50 and found out that those who read books for 30 minutes daily lived an average of 23 months longer than non-readers or magazine readers. The practice of reading books creates constant engagement that improves various things, including vocabulary, critical thinking skills, and concentration. It can also affect empathy, social perception, and emotional intelligence. Um, Just imagine how greater our universe would be if we were in that desire to read books. I remember growing up and the book drives being where you read a book and you got these tickets and eventually if you got so many tickets you got the free pizza from Pizza Hut. But I also recall being in the summer and having to read literally a short story a day, write about what the short story was about before I could even go outside. So my love of reading was fostered from my mother. And it is just such a blessing that I'm able to still have that love and desire for reading. In about 2016, I had a house that caught on fire that burnt all my books down. And it was a very traumatizing moment for me because there were books that were given to me by individuals. And so those books had so much um, value to them and they were so dear to my heart that it is now, even at even at 2022, it is now even a little bit difficult for me to actually buy a book. Oftentimes I have transitioned to ebooks simply because they're cheaper, they stay in your library, which is a digital library, so you don't have to worry about them being harmed or anything like that. But most uh, um, recently, I've actually had a desire to want to turn pages and flip pages and highlight different passages that I feel are profound and write on the side of the books, which is one of the bad, bad habits that I picked up from my grandpa because especially books that have self-help in it, he'll write how that passage made him feel or what thoughts sprung from that passage. And I think that it's a very interesting uh, way to read a book, especially if you give that book to somebody else, because not only do they now have your readings, um, your thoughts within the book, but also they have the book themselves. But for me personally, I think that we have become such a instant, such a small, such a let me shorten this up. One of my biggest, biggest pet peeves is now they have 
books where you can read them in five minutes or you can read them in, in, in less of the time. And I don't really think that books or literature in itself was meant to be condensed in that type of uh, in that type of way. Like if, the, if, if, if your book that you're reading, if they take all what they would consider not important or if they take the, the passages which are not as profound, that doesn't necessarily do that book justice. There is a, um, a book that I like to read called Dare to Be a Man by Bishop E.G. Evans. And I read it the first time um, in like 2010 and I've read that book two more times. And each time I read that book, I get a different different epiphany. I get different insight. I gain different knowledge. And sometimes passages have to be read several times in order for us to understand them, nor or incongruent with that. When I read a book in 2002, I might be at a totally different place in 2026. And therefore, that passage might resound with me in a different way. Or the, the key to that passage might switch because there have been a lot of changes and different things in my life. And so we cannot compress books down to make them easily digestible to an audience that doesn't want to sit down and read, quote unquote, all the pages. Because, like I said before, there are so many great mental benefits and brain benefits just from reading. Think about the mental stimulation, the the stress reduction, the increase in overall knowledge, the expansing in your vocabulary, the the improvement in your memory, and just the tranquility of being with a great book. Now, for me personally, I love self-help books. I love books that are going to motivate me. I love books that are going to push me. I love books that are going to hold me accountable. Now, I know other people might love sci-fi books and fantasy books. And then you have other people that love world literature. And so, like, there's so many different wonderful, beautiful topics when it comes to actually reading books that you just really have to find the one that you love. And that thing cannot be condensed because there are you're going to gain just so much vast knowledge and, and so much just understanding by just diving in and reading. Um, I know that because of what's been going on the last two years, many libraries have, you know, changed the way that they operate. But even if you don't go to a library, you can just simply order books online at Amazon.com. You can simply borrow books. But, you know, reading is so important. And reading is important, I think, for how we function as a as a world, as a society. Because the one thing about reading is reading kind of teaches you patience because you can't really read fast. You can't skip over a chapter. You can't go by a passage because you're reading it. And as the book builds, you're building with the book. So I think one of the greatest things about a good book is that it makes you experience all the chapters, all the sections, all the categories, which actually teaches you patience, which is something we don't have. Right now, we live in a very, very hyperlink, clickbait, no patience, not really wanting to read the entire story, but only 
picking out snippets here or there. And I think that as adults, if we're reading, then the generations under us will begin to read. And then the generations under us will begin to read. I know for a fact as a father, that one of the things that I try to stress when I'm with my children is, let's read for 30 minutes to an hour every day. TV is gonna be there. Stream is gonna be there. YouTube is gonna be there. Hulu is gonna be there. Um, whatever else, video games is gonna be there. But let's go ahead and put our head in these books and actually read, let's develop vocabulary, let's sound out words that we might not hear or we may not use often because of how lazy our English literature has become. And so I encourage everybody to read. And I'll end this part of the podcast with a funny story. So I have to confess that before COVID and everything was crazy, one of my favorite date sites was Barnes and Nobles. Um, I am very much a I don't want to go out to eat on the first date because I feel like it's very cliche and I'm not trying to talk to nobody as they're stuffing food in their mouth and I don't really want to talk to somebody as I'm eating and vice versa. However, I think it's always interesting when you go to a bookstore what another person, um, what their taste in books is and what they deem to be a good book. And you can start off so many great conversations there. And last but certainly not least, I always believe that even if the date was not good, at least I was able to look at some books. And so I'll consider it a win-win. Um, I had told that story to somebody and somebody told me I was very, 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 very messed up. And that's neither here nor there because, I mean, right now you can't really do it anyway. I'm not sure. But I would love to hear your thoughts on is going to a bookstore a good first date? Thank you, thank you, thank you. However, I just need you to do one thing, like, share, and subscribe. If you're trying to reach me personally, you can go ahead and hit me up on Instagram or Snapchat, Vegas, Mr. 702. Or if you're just trying to follow the podcast, please, under the armor podcast on facebook or instagram under the armor 89 on twitter or if you want to get directly to me you can use the anchor and you can look up under the armor please like share and subscribe there is a phrase that i know pretty much everybody has heard before if not a thousand times and It is one of those quotes that when you hear it, even when you've heard it the thousand times, you're like, what is that? Know thyself. The phrase that is used in every philosophical argument, every enlightenment, every woke individual, every body and anybody truly says it. Know thyself. This was a quote that was made by Socrates um, during the time of Apollo. And it is a phrase that reaches back all the way to ancient Egypt. And everyone kind of interprets it differently. But I was just wondering how many times do we as a people 
really know ourselves? How many times do we audit ourselves? How many times do we question ourselves? How many times do we go on a journey and just explore who we are in comparison to what we are trying to accomplish? Now, I know that life changes and we've experienced a just so many different changes, period, throughout life in this entirety, in this short two, three years span. However, um, I would say more than anything that we probably need now to seek who we are and maybe identify ourselves because so many things have changed. Our way of life has changed. Our way of work has changed. Our ability to move has changed. What is important to us have changed. Many of us have experienced losses. Many of us have experienced great sorrows. And so with these um, circumstances that have come up, we need to once again begin to know ourselves because knowing yourself, I believe, is one of the most important journeys we have on life because we can dangerously begin to allow life to kind of work in an autopilot way without really understanding what we're doing or why we're doing it. Knowing thyself is such a critical thing because it allows you to kind of be able to look at your behaviors and, and, and try to understand the relationships or the patterns. Knowing thyself allows you to understand the kind of person that you are, your character, the, your moral compass, who you are. It allows you to um, understand that maybe negative behavior is due to patterns rather than it just being a runoff or how your patterns are, your habits are in relationship to, to that negative behavior. Of course, we want to know ourselves because we want to know what we're skilled and great at. There is no need for a person to not understand their their strengths and their disadvantages because then you don't know really where you're supposed to be or how you're supposed to be. Knowing that self can help you understand the problems around both your success and, well, I ain't going to say your problems, the actions that are around both your success and your failure. Knowing yourself allows you to give, to be able to process and understand actual feedback. Knowing yourself um, allows you to set up templates in place for when times are not the greatest, for when times are not the best, for when you get frustrated on the day or when you're frustrated with a situation. Knowing thyself also helps you to be able to gain clarity and gain perspective that helps you and aids you to be a more rational, understanding individual. Personally speaking, I think self-knowledge is critically important because it offers us a greater route to true happiness and true fulfillment. A lack of self-knowledge leaves us open to accidents and negative habit loops and mistakes and things that we may find to be ambitious, but they are not even of our desires. 
being aware and being equipped with self-knowledge, understanding thyself, will give us just a greater chance of not only obtaining more success, but to avoid the errors and the dealings with others based upon not understanding how our choices. And I know that there are so many ways that we can rediscover or reconnect with us, with ourselves, you know, meditation, you know, your mantras, hanging around positive people, sometimes taking a break from the day to day and just allowing your own self a moment to kind of process and function and just understand everything. But I believe in today's age where our society is definitely pushing us harder and harder in certain directions. We're definitely more and more pressed to be the next this, the next that. Where, you know, your TV and your social media and your streaming services and everything like this are suggesting a certain way in which we are to live our life each and every day. And we can be easily influenced by the type of media day in and day out. We definitely need to know ourselves. We need to know who we are, but we also need to know why we are the way we are. One of my greatest battles with myself personally each and every day is just making sure that I'm putting out the more positive person, not the negative person, not the person that may be victim because of things that have happened in life, but putting out a individual who is accountable for his actions, who is steadfast in his beliefs, and who is sure of the direction in which he wants to go day in and day out. Understanding that it may or may not be a smooth transitional process. And there may even come times in the road um, that where, you know, things are, are going to get bumpy or things are going to get less and less hectic. However, what I desire, what I know, and what I want is to always be A, sure of myself, and B, I want to be in a place of peace because I feel like I make better decisions when I'm peaceful. And in the most peaceful place is in the place where I'm knowing who I am, I'm knowing who I want to become, and I'm knowing what I have overcame. So it's the first month of January has ended and we are now entering February. And one of the things about life is it moves so fast. It moves so quickly. But I would just encourage you for the month of February to go on a self-discovery, to understand who you are and maybe who you are and who you think you are are similar, but they're not quite. Or maybe over the last couple of years, you developed um, based on experiences, and now you have to reevaluate how you even think about yourself. But in all things, just know that knowing yourself is not a one-day journey. It's not a two-day journey. It is a lifelong journey that presents obstacles and twists each and every day. And sometimes we lose ourselves. But the greatest thing about it is, as long as we have air to breathe, and as long as we're living on this earth, we can always rediscover that amazing, impeccable, empathetic person that we were meant to be and that we are going to be. So just take the time 
to get, to rediscover, to discover, to reaffirm thyself. Thank you for listening to another episode of this podcast. Thank you for allowing my words and my thoughts to occupy space in your brain. Thank you for giving me the time to express myself in an articulate way. However, I must, I must encourage you to be more real, be more human, and be more honest. And please continue to listen because each and every week we shall dive deeper and deeper under the armor.